This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. And alongside me, as always, he's back, Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up, guys? Hi. It is good to be back. I didn't miss that. And Dave Oster. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Hey, Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Sean. Today, hey, we're doing a special podcast. We're going to have two podcasts this week. We're coming out, uh, recorded this one on Wednesday, and then we're recording one on Saturday because it's free agency time. Things are already moving. As most of you know, we're going to be talking about the Chris Paul trade. We're also going to be talking about uh, PG3, PG-13, sorry. The new Kevin Durant of this year. Yeah. We're just going to do videos for every single team. Everyone's got a chance. PG-13, not PG-3. It's CP3, PG-13. There's too many uh, initials and numbers. number three. (laughs) Uh, PG-13, possibly going to the Rockets. And we're also talking about the firing of Phil Jackson, which might be uh, music to some New York Knicks fans. But let's jump into this. Uh, As most of you already know, but if you don't know, uh, Chris Paul was traded to the Rockets today. The Rockets will send Sam Decker, Pat Bev, Lou Williams, DeAndre Liggins, our boy DeAndre Liggins, Dave, yeah. uh, Darren Hill- Hilliard, I don't know Darren Hilliard, uh, Montrose Harrell, uh, Kyle Wilcher, and a top three protected 2018 first round pick and $661,000 to the uh, Clippers exchange for Paul. Um, and Chris Paul did sign uh, a year deal and, and that actually extends his bird rights. So he's eligible for the Supermax mm-hmm. next year. So the guy who's running the players' union, uh, working his magic there and <laughs> helping, it, helping him out there. What a, so what a surprise he did that. Looking at this, we got to ask the question now: With Chris Paul being traded to the Rockets, are the Rockets the next super team or the new super team in the NBA? Not yet, but it seems like they're going there. And the thing that this does for the Rockets, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but it elevates them to now they are in the discussion. For PG-13, but Mm -hmm. alone with just Chris Paul, I don't think if it ends up being Harden and CP3, we're looking at this going, hey, man, what about that super team in Houston, man? They're going to beat the Warriors. They need another piece still. I mean, I I don't know. I I look at this team, and and Dave will get to you. I I look at this team, and you look last year, I said that, you know, even with the Spurs there, that the Rockets had the best chance in the West to beat the Rockets. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to have to beat the Rockets to beat the Warriors. They can beat sorry. themselves. Uh, they can beat themselves. They did, actually. They did they beat themselves. Um, they had the best chance to beat the Warriors because they can shoot so well, and they can mm-hmm. you know match pace-to-pace with the um, Warriors. Obviously, we didn't see that happen. They got smoked in the, in the playoffs in general. Um, but looking at this now, adding a CP3, adding one of the best defensive guards in the league, adding such a phenomenal facilitator, adding a great scorer himself, does it help them move closer to a super team or help them move closer to beating the Warriors at least? Obviously, it helps them move closer to a super team, but does it help them beat the closer to the Warriors at least? I think it definitely does. Uh, the one thing we saw out of the Rockets last year was James Harden playing balls to the wall for 82 regular season games. So damn near. I'm sure he took a couple off. But like mm-hmm. the, the thing is, by the time the playoffs hit, he was so run down. And that's why we had that inevitable drop-off in performance from him. And everybody wants to rag on him for it. But at the same time, you have to realize that Mike D'Antoni went to a shorter, shortened lineup for his team during the playoffs. So mm-hmm. a lot of these bench players that we're talking about getting traded didn't have much of an impact on this playoff series. But you end up with a decreased amount of James Harden, and his quality was way down. So bringing in Chris Paul... I think that's a huge up and definitely brings them a notch closer to the Warriors already. And obviously there's still worries on this team. I mean, I think the biggest thing uh, and the reason why they're adding or thinking about adding a guy like Paul George is because you look at the lack of defense on this team. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously Chris Paul is a phenomenal defender. Yep. Um, James Harden has the ability to be a phenomenal defender. We saw that in OKC. Kind of trailed off a little bit in Houston for a little while when Dwight Howard came along, but uh, James you know, showed a little bit of a flash last year um, mm-hmm. to be that great defender. From obviously, time to time, he'd jump on people's backs. And you're shipping, you're shipping uh, Pat Bev out, who is one of your best defenders. Absolutely. Um, but Trevor Ariza is still there. He's a good defender. Absolutely. Clint Capella can be a fantastic um, rim protector. Ryan Anderson's a bum defensively. <laughs> but you look at Paul George, at least, the reason they're adding him is because that's the guy who's going to go up against Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you at least look at the baseline. How does Chris Paul and James Harden as a backcourt compare to the Warriors' backcourt or the Cavs' backcourt? I mean, is it the best backcourt in the NBA? I you threw that best backcourt in the NBA on paper when it comes to names, yes, you can say best back one I mean, of the this best is an Olympic level. The, it's an Olympic yeah, it level, but the one concern I have for this team is, and I'm going to have to wait and see before I go ahead and say will it work or will it won't. 
But both of these guys, Chris Paul and James Harden, are guys that have proven they need the ball in their hands to score. And they're guys that like to have the ball in their hand. I mean, James Harden can score off ball. James, He can score off ball, but James Harden is a guy that prefers to have the ball in his hand. And you saw it this year. When he was the point guard, this Rockets team was a lot better than it was. And the whole reason why, like not the whole reason, but a big reason why I think that the Rockets brought in another player to help out James Harden like this is because Dave mentioned it. He, we saw the fall off in that very last game where he only had 10 points, didn't even get double-digit assists. The mm-hmm. only time he ever did that in that series against the Spurs was, um, I want to say that was game three where he had five. So he only had under double digits twice and he had only three rebounds like we've heard Stephen A talk about like that is not James Harden someone stole his powers I don't know who that imposter is I kind of agree with him that wasn't the James Harden that we were used to and you could say yeah it was because he was tired I part of me goes I don't really see it because the last few games going into it he was shooting 50 percent 55 percent 45 percent and he was scoring like 40 28 and 30 some points This is to help James Harden and say, it is not all on you. I just wonder how these two are going to, they can make it work. Mm -hmm. How are they going to make it work that, okay, you get the ball here, I get the ball here kind of a thing. Well, Dave, I want to ask you kind of here is is when you look at this offense, obviously it was set up on James Harden's going to have the ball. I mean, obviously in fast break, they're going to run, push it up the court. They're going to look for an open three and and knock it down. Obviously they set records last year. They were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the history of the NBA. Um, But looking at this, at least when they're in set offensive positions, do you? I mean, we saw a lot of James Harden driving in, then kicking out. That's why we saw a ton of assists from him. Do we think? Do you think at least you're going to see that offense still take place, but maybe it won't be James Harden driving every time, and you'll see a Chris Paul drive uh, sometimes, and then kick it out to James Harden and, and have him sit out on the outside, and then maybe Chris Paul will sit out on the outside sometimes, and then you will you see a kind of rotation like that. Do you think this offense is going to change too much with uh, the addition of CP3 being um, added in there? Honestly, I think the way this is going to roll is it's going to be a split split ball handler backcourt. I, I think both of them are very capable. Uh, James Harden, a little more turnover prone, as we know. And Chris Ball had that twenty twenty game, which was zero turnovers, which is just mm-hmm. ungodly for a point guard to have twenty assists without a turnover. I mean, he's. Um, I mean, probably since John Stockton, he's the best. Yeah. like pure point guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. obviously he's got a ton of and more tools around. And he is a spot up shooter as well behind yeah. the arc. Like he is one of the better three point shooters uh, on spot up. So it's weird saying he's probably the most underrated point guard while also being a top three point guard yep. in the league it's it's crazy but I, I think it will be a a by committee i think they're both very capable i can definitely see chris paul uh happy to let james harden i mean if harden gets in a groove you kind of want to feed him mm-hmm. it's no offense and i know chris paul will see that because he is one of the smartest basketball iq wise players in the nba honestly the biggest winner out of this whole thing is i'm looking at clint capella being like oh deandre jordan got the the, the stat padding from having chris paul I'm going to put up, like, 19 points a game and, like, 12, 15 rebounds. Like, just outrageous numbers from him because now he is going to be the guy down low. So I I like Chris Paul really coming in and being that um, primary ball handler, secondary ball handler. Like, he Mm -hmm. gives them so much versatility in the backcourt. Well, do you think the offense will change where you might see more pick-and-roll sets and then maybe you'll see a Capella and Ryan Anderson come up where Anderson backs out because he's such a great three-point shooter and then Capella will drive in with CP3? Do you think that will help? No, there's, there's definitely a lot of versatility in that. The only thing that gives me concern is when we saw Chris Paul earlier in his career playing on a fast-paced or, yeah, a fast-paced offense, Mm -hmm. um, he didn't really enjoy it. Like, he didn't thrive there. He liked very much the let me set up my offense, let me run my sets. So, I think that's going to be the biggest transition that I have a question mark about is how is he going to fit in with the D'Antoni quick pace, uh, jack up threes when you're like eight seconds into the shot clock. Like, is that going to work for him? Are they going to compromise? I think there's going to be a little bit of compromise mm-hmm. because you look at the historic numbers of shooting they had last year, and they're giving away some decent shooters already. So I think that there, this is going to be a tweaked process already, and as the team continues to develop throughout free agency, I, I think this is going to be like the first two months of this year are going to be like a test time to see, like, is it going to be you know 80-20 Chris Paul with the ball to James Harden? Mm-hmm. Are we going to close to a 50-50? And then like the play style, I think it's still be fairly similar to what we see today as far as the pace though well and and ricky i want to go to you Mm -hmm. i mean you you see obviously what dave brought up and i think he made some great points there um do you think that 
at least having this dual action where you'll have the running gun, you'll have, you know, firing up threes in eight seconds, and then also be able to slow it down with Chris Paul. How do you think that will not only just affect the play of the NBA, but obviously the biggest question is how will that go against the Warriors? So let's say, well, you know, just looking at the team that they have right now, you know, you know, leaving mm-hmm. out the Paul George question and stuff like that. Well, uh, any question, because they got to bring in someone else that ultimately. Yeah, and, and they have room. They, have, they still have their mid-level, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Um, we'll get into that a little later. But how do you think that um, that change of pace where they can go, you know, fast, all balls to the wall uh, right away and then also pull it back? How do you think that will work against either the Warriors or really any team in the in the West or East? With the team that they have right now, I think this is something where adding CP3 helps them get a little bit better when it comes to the Spurs. That's a team where I think, like, because that's a team they lost to. With CP3, it brings you a little bit closer to the Spurs. Of course, the Spurs do have Kawhi You don't Leonard. think it, ex- it overtakes them? I, I almost. I think it can. I think that that series with CP3, that series definitely goes seven. And that series could be a rocket win mm-hmm. with CP3. When it comes to the ultimate measuring stick, though, and the Warriors, I still think they're behind the eight ball because the thing that I kind of think about is CP3 and James Harden can kind of have a little bit of what the Warriors have because sometimes you saw Steph handle the ball, sometimes you had Kevin Durant handle the ball. The thing that they are missing is the Clay Thompson piece, and that would be the PG3 where, yeah, he can shoot, but ultimately you're adding him because he is going to be the guy that, hey, if we need a defender, he's the best oh, defender Trey's, that we have. Trey's that. Draymond well, Green's your best defender. I'm Draymond Green's your I'm talking defensive about out of the one, star. I'm talking about out of the one, two, three. They The Rockets don't well, have anybody that compares up to but you, you Draymond also, Green level of defense I mean, you look at that. Low. I mean, uh, you don't know exactly what the lineup's going to look like, but mm-hmm. if they don't get rid of Eric Gordon, which they might most likely do, I mean, Six that's the rumors the out year. there. That's the rumors out, out there. I mean, maybe yep. they do end up, if they get Paul George, you go with a lineup of, I mean, I don't know exactly how it would work. Maybe you don't do that. But, uh, I mean, I, I understand out of the one, two, three. But still, I mean, Draymond's, you're going to put Draymond on, on your best offensive player. And, and you're going to do that with Paul George, too. I mean, I, I really don't know, understand, but I, I get what you're saying. They need a defensive guy. That's the point. They need but someone who. Do they need a defensive guy or do they need a star with defensive I, I think. I think that's more along the lines. I see where you're going with this, Sean. And I think because you have Trevor Reza, who is still one of the better 3 and D players in this league, mm-hmm. I still have full confidence in him um, coming off the bench and playing up against people's ones without you know too much of a question. He's not quite Andre Iguodala levels of good defense, but he's still serviceable at, at the NBA at the one level. So I'm fine with that. I think Paul George brings, uh, and I know I hate this because he gets criticized so much for he he's a star. He's not a superstar. He's yet to win the big win much at all. To be honest, mm-hmm. like playoff wise, he's known for choking mm-hmm. time after time after time in the clutch. I mean, he's, he's, he's never, never actually had a game winner, right? Exactly, like zero for twenty two in the playoffs. Yeah, something horrendous like that. So I'm like, I, I feel comfortable having Chris Paul and James Harden there to be the closers, really, when it comes down to it. But Paul George just carries a team to a different level because mm-hmm. you got to remember that series against uh, Cleveland. Within, a, I know it was a sweep, mm-hmm. but a sweep that was decided by 16 points yeah. over four games. That's what you can do with a team that only had really Miles Turner helping out. I mean, that was a very lopsided roster. And honestly, like, Paul George is a fantastic player, but I don't know that he on his own will be able to carry them to like level with uh, what Kevin Durant's impact was to the Warriors well, and team. And that's well, why I'm saying that when it comes to, if we're measuring them up to the Warriors, it wouldn't be CP3 well, and Paul George. That's that the ultimate dr- goal, right? I well, mean. yeah, it is. But I'm not saying that CP3 and Paul George would be your Durant and Steph. Your Durant and Steph but would be Harden is, and But this CP3. is different. You have three ones on this team. Harden's a one. Paul George is a one. CP3's a one. Yep. This isn't like... Mm-hmm. Harden's, Ste- Harden's going to have to go... Like To me, Harden's going to have to play the two. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, but he means like as, as a personnel, no, no. as a position yeah, on the I, team. Like they are all your number one guys. We yeah. always talked mm-hmm. about with Jim, Jimmy Butler. I I don't think he's a number one. I think right. Cat's still that number one in in Minnesota. I think he's going to grow to that and scoring wise. No, I think he's going to end up growing to that. I think I, I don't think he's going to be the number one right away. But I think Cat is younger. He's one of the best young players in the yep. league. I know you don't want to build around big man, but Cat looks like the one you can do. Anyways, getting off sidetrack. I'm saying 
Chris Paul can be the your best player on a team and you can win yeah. a championship. James Harden could be the best player on a team and you can win a championship. Paul George can be the best player on a team and you can win a championship. I believe that all. Potentially. I, well, <laughs> I like how all three of those don't have a ring. Uh, say, no, no, thing, but they, right? they've never been on a team that's been that you good. You need pieces so, around that. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. I mean, no one's just saying those three are going to beat the Warriors three mm. on five. Obviously, they need pieces around them. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, I, I think that you know, obviously, you're going to build a team around them, and you're going to build a team uh, together. I think th- this team, at least, you know, without Paul George, is still something on paper that can compete in the West for sure. And oh, I, th- I think that they, I think they take the edge over the Spurs right now. I mean, obviously, that's different because I you think don't, they could too. You, you obviously don't know what they're going to do in, in free agent, both yeah. the Spurs and the. Uh, Rockets, because uh, the Rockets still have, uh, and I just want to make sure I'm getting this right, they still have uh, their, um, let's see, uh, yeah, mid-level exception, uh, and they still have uh, room underneath to sign players. And I think they're still trying to move out contracts as well so they mm-hmm. can bring in players. So obviously they're going to try to bring in vets, they're going to try to bring in 3 and D players, they're still going to try to bring in a superstar, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Um, and then also with the Spurs, I mean, George Hill, possibly reunion with him. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's players there, but still looking at this of, James Harden, uh, Chris Paul, Ryan Anderson, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon. That core, I still think, can can give you know damage to the Spurs and possibly knock them out. I still think they can take the Warriors to maybe six games or something crazy like that. I still think that this team, with their ability to go fast and slow and, and back and forth, I still think this team could really knock someone out. And I think I, that they can give the Warriors trouble. I think that's interesting that you say that they would be able to take the Warriors to six because I know Dave's going to bring up the Kyle Korver shot. But I look at it's like we we saw the Cavs that obviously have more I'm gonna say star pieces than the Rockets do right now, and they lost in five. But they may have more star pieces, but does their fit match up well against the Warriors? And that's the thing that I focus on because mm-hmm. you can have all the talent in the world if you don't know how to the use Rockets it, you're not do, gonna deliver. That's the one thing I will say. The Rockets do have the potential to have that fit because I feel like the Rockets are gearing up for a, you know what? We're not going to slow you down. We're going to try to beat you. You want to be fast? We're going to be faster. That was their game plan going into the year. We're going to be scoring faster. Obviously, they don't have anyone on uh, defense as of right now to stop It doesn't matter if you make that first three. No, but I'm saying just (laughs) stop KD because KD can go ISO and take you for 27 while Mm -hmm. you have three points. Yeah, I think right now it's just more so like, I, I think it's matchup wise how it's going to fit out for them, and I think that bringing Chris Paul and James Harden at the one two, I'm fairly confident that they can go one two against Stephen Clay, oh, and for that's sure. going to be think, a, that's going to be a matchup. Just it, it, I would just pay to watch that two on two game see, forever. <laughs> there, there. That's the thing is is I think they they beat everyone in the backcourt CP3 and James Harden without a doubt. I think they're the best backcourt in the NBA right now. I don't think it's really even that close because you have. Chris Paul, who I think, again, is a top three-point guard and probably the most underrated point guard, and James Harden, who is one of the best guards just in general because, he, I mean, obviously he was a point guard last year, um, and I moved yeah. him out now because he's probably going to move to the two because I would probably both put him— going to average like, like I would 10 probably, and 7 assists I, I mean, I would probably put silly. James Harden as a point guard over Chris Paul just because of what he did statistically. <laughs> I would still like Chris Paul as a point guard and that, you know, I think he's—you know, you get two top four point guards pretty yeah. much. In the NBA, I mean, it's one of the most dangerous backcourts. Talk to me two months into the season, then I'll answer that See question. See how the experiment works right, out. Right now, I'm still going to say but, Steph and Clay. But why only wouldn't be, it work? Well, because of what I brought. I mean, up Clay, earlier. Clay was br- we Clay was. I mean, non-existent pretty the much this whole big, playoff. The, Who is defensive only? The biggest question mark with this bringing CP3 in is what I mentioned before. These are two guys that in the past. We've proven, yeah, someone's going to have to give up the ball a little bit and give up some ownership. Someone's going to move to the two. But these are two guys that have been ball-dominant guards, especially last year with yep. Harden moving some over the, the point usage. guard. Let me see the experiment and how it is going to work and mold before I crown them the best back. But one thing we have seen is, is that James Harden— um, at least you know this year, or the past year he really went down at least from three pointers because he he wasn't really able to set it up. Most of the ones he was firing up were at the end of a shot clock or um, heavily contested or as heavily well. contested. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see how he does more in a spot up shooter uh, kind of kind of range where he might have more space because this was one of his worst three point shooting mm-hmm. uh, you know percentage. It was his worst three point 
uh, shooting percentage of his career. I mean, but those, 30, 34, assi- but those 30, assist numbers. 34.7. But what it's I'm saying is he can, he, can, he can, yeah, I mean, nine, nine a game. He, but he, I mean, even last year he was shooting eight a game and yeah. was shooting around 35. So, I mean, he can be a guy who, if he has open space, he can hit around 39% of those threes, 40% of those threes, because he is such a dangerous shooter. Right. So, I mean, you might see the efficiency go up for James Harden. Yes, he might not have 29, 11, and 8. He might not have that, but he might be more of an efficient player. He, he might, might not see that need per, to. He might be more of a valuable player because that he's more well. efficient. I mean, that's the thing exactly. with LeBron. This wasn't LeBron's best season, um, at least, you know, with, with points totals. But, I mean, he was still so efficient. That was the crazy thing. He was like fifth, over, what, 53% from the field? Something 40, ridiculous. It's Three. beyond outrageous. James Harden could become that player, and, and we we know what Chris Paul can do. So I don't. I'm not really too worried about the fit because you know. Again, you look at what James Harden's able to do. He can still shoot, create his own shot, and he can still drive and and draw contact like anybody. I yep. mean, he, he's the best in the game at till drawing. Until they change that contact. rule, I mean, that's kind of one of the funniest things is Chris Paul is known as one of the most vocal players on the court to argue with refs over yeah. calls. James Harden notoriously hilariously flops mm-hmm. um, and and will not shy away from the refs as well. And that so che- cheap mover, you know, he, he jumps on the, the back. Jump at, well, no, he, he, oh, I'm not that saying cheap, that. that, that the hand the, where he hooks people's yeah, arms? And, or even the jump where he, uh, he'll he pump fake from beyond the arc and then just bump his body into it and yeah. toss it up. I mean, he's he got steps, so many little tricks like that. Steph's guilty with it, too. But James Harden's a player that I still think he's going to get Crafty. his own. No matter what. I mean, he's super crafty. Yep. Um, he's still a great shooter. He could still create his own shot. Mm-hmm. And then when you have one of the best facilitators in NBA history with Chris Paul, being able to set that up, I mean, it's only going to be more dangerous. I, I, it's it's a fit that I just see and that I think is going to work. I mean, maybe Chris Paul might not be assisting him on every single play. It might be something where he's going to hit Ryan Anderson, then Ryan Anderson is going to mm-hmm. hit James Harden or something like that. But, but I still think it's going to work. That's, that's the key. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. It's how, how are the Warriors so successful? How can other ball teams movement. try to emulate them? And that's ball movement and mm-hmm. shooters. And that's exactly the game plan the Rockets well, took. And I mean, not just that. Look at when, when the Spurs were winning mm-hmm. the championship and they were doing well before even the Warriors. What were we talking about? Man, look at how look at how many people touch the ball before it gets yep. into the hoop. Yeah, it was always a point of contention. Mm-hmm. There's I- Oh, my go. biggest concern with Chris Paul is obviously his health, though. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's played one full season out of the last five, um, missing anywhere from twelve to like twenty-five game or twenty-two games. Do you think he'll so, get hurt in a high volume kind of? Well, like, that's that's a concern. Is how high is his usage? And because of this, could you see a system where they end up kind of pulling like a, a stuff in clay where? They can take heavy time off during each game because of potential leads. If well, they the get bench to is a, gone. The bench has been traded. Well, they're <laughs> going to have a D-League bench probably. Yeah. They're, they're going to have like three, four guys on there who but are like, it, you know, rookie contract mm-hmm. D-League. But then again, I mean, if Daryl Morey, Morey's doing his job right and, and he's able to they find guys like a Jordan Bell in the second round, buy a Patrick McCaw, Go get a guy like uh, or just Andre poach Iguodala. the summer league. No, I mean, like they still again, they still have their mid level exception. They still have the ability to go out and get a guy mm-hmm. like Paul George. Mm-hmm. They still have the ability to sign players. And as long as Maury's doing his job to get these players, and D'Antoni's helping to find guys that will fit his system, I don't see how this really can't work. Because D'Antoni, I mean, again, he brought in uh, Ryan Anderson, and Eric Gordon, two guys who were known to you know get hurt consistently. Both guys were healthy. Yeah, and they're no, playing the, high value. The training staff out there is fantastic. It, it's I think they're one of the top five. So, so I mean, it's something too where um, if you have Chris Paul on the court and James Harden on the bench, that's not going to hurt your team because again, Chris Paul is one of the best guards. If you have Chris Paul on the bench and James Harden, mm-hmm. you can run that high tempo offense that worked last year. So I really don't see this. Being too much of a problem, again, it's now the biggest question of who's next. When it comes to them being the second best team in the West, this makes them better and this could make them... I still want to put the Spurs right there because, I I mean, I respect (laughs) the Spurs and I respect what um, kind of players pop or the kind of performance he gets out of players. They could be definitely the number two team in the West. I don't think this puts Mm -hmm. them over the Warriors, though. And no, I'm, God, not, no. I'm not worried, like you said. I'm not worried. It's just let me see how this experiment works before I go and judge them and crown them. Basically. Obviously, it does not put them over the Warriors. But anyways, let's move on now to Paul George possibly going to the Rockets. Um, you know, with mm-hmm. this addition to CP3 now, you know, he, the Rockets name was thrown into this hat for Paul George 13. Uh, Paul George 13, PG 13. <laughs> uh, you got the Pacers obviously still in there, the Lakers, the Celtics. Now the Rockets added into this. The Cavs were in there too. So looking at this, the question is, how does Paul George fit with? the Rockets and this team that they've created? Well, I think the two big things I look at that makes the Rockets a good fit 
for Paul George is two things. Number one, we mentioned it in the first segment a little bit, but I'll bring it up now to put the microscope over it, is Paul George doesn't need to take the final shot if he does not want to. Mm-hmm. We have seen, like, I think you mentioned, has he ever taken a final shot? And has he ever made no, one? No, he has. He's especially never made one. This, He's like 0 for 22 Especially in his this past year where we saw the, oh, shit, I got double teamed. Oh, here, let me pass it off to C.J. Miles. Hey, C.J. Miles, pass it back. She never only, gave it up in the first place in that point. I think the only time he's going to hit a game winner is in that Gatorade yeah. commercial. Yeah, <laughs> where, where he goes, it's over. But yeah. that's number one. He doesn't have to take the final shot because you have James Harden or CP3 that could do that for you. And then number two, he just brings the defense that – now CP3 brings a little, but the defense that both those two – James, or not James Harden, Paul George would bring more defense at the position and be able to guard different players and would help them out in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure he's going to add the de- defensive aspect that you need to stop a KD. Mm-hmm. I think if you add a Paul George, the question then becomes, are they better than the Warriors? Because if you add a Paul George, then I think you are propelled over well, the Cavs. Because I think, obviously you don't have the player in LeBron James, mm-hmm. but also I think you have a better player than Kevin Love. So obviously you're not going to be able to you know add a, add a LeBron James or something like that. Um, I, and I think J- James Harden right now I would take James Harden over Kyrie. I would take Paul George over. I mean I, I would take LeBron over Paul George, mm-hmm. and then I'd take uh, I'm sorry Chris Paul, and then I'd take Paul George over mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Love. So I think I think the Rockets would end up propelling past the Cavs, but then they don't have to face the the, the Warriors in the West. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing with the Rockets, with Paul George, when it comes to the Warriors. Because if he went to the Rockets, he would have to play the Warriors before even getting to the Cavs. The one player on the Warriors that I just don't have an answer for on the Rockets is the Defensive Player of the Year. That's Draymond yeah. Green. Well, the, the only they thing, just don't have an answer. for The him. upside is that at least you have a stretch four who can match him from the outside shooting mm-hmm. and, and Ryan Anderson mm-hmm. at the moment, and unless he gets moved. And, and that's the thing that I want to bring up is is at least with Paul George going to the Rockets, um, I, I, we'll get to a little bit how he fits offensively because I, that's probably the biggest the, the biggest way that he's not might not fit is offensively with the Rockets. But looking at that, you you trot out a, a starting lineup of Chris Paul, James Harden, Paul George, Ryan Anderson. Clint Capella, where would the matchups lie, at least with the Warriors, Dave? Because who would be guarding who? Who would be on what? I mean, it's going to be hard for Steph to guard a James Harden or Chris Paul. But then again, would Draymond be on Ryan Anderson, or would you put him on Paul George? No, you definitely move him up to Paul George. I think that. Would you put KD but, out, out outside and yeah. you cover Ryan Anderson? The, the, the big question here is honestly: is what are the Warriors going to do at the five? If they're going to go a small ball lineup, are we going to see Livingston mm-hmm. in there filling in a role and using Draymond as a small five? Um, I don't know. I, personally, I think the matchups like point guard, shooting guard are going to be dead even again. It's you can't you can't get around it because both uh, Chris Paul and Harden are both excellent scorers and excellent guards. So one way or the other, it's pick your own poison. If you're trying to avoid having James Harden drive to the basket and create for everybody and draw contact all day, then you put Clay on him. Fine. If not, you can put. Honestly, I think that's the way they're probably going to have to do it because I see Chris Paul being more likely to be the guy on an island waiting by the three-point line for mm-hmm. James Harden to create because this is still technically Harden's team. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a little hard to get the ball out of there. But the the big matchup is still it's who do you want guarding Paul George? And I think that Draymond is probably going to frustrate the fuck out of him a little bit more than um, Clay. Clay. Clay, Clay or to. Kevin or Durant. Or Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, it's always hard to forget about Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, just just that guy. He's, he's just there. You just suck um, with names. <laughs> no, I, I think that I think KD's matchup is, I would probably save him on Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. Let him save his energy, you know, stand around by a three-point line and be able to just ball out on offense. And remember, KD's 7'3". And he can so always he's switch, too. Yeah. He can always switch whenever needed. I mean, that's the thing is like... Well, you mentioned pick-and-roll offense. Is it going to be a pick-and-pop offense for uh, D'Antoni? You know he's the point guard god. So mm-hmm. all the movement in the world uh, with that backcourt, I feel comfortable having Draymond switch on a point guard. I feel fairly comfortable having Kevin Durant switch over. I mean, yeah, he's not as quick as James Harden. But, he's got the but Chris Paul is thirty, going on 32, 33 now. Yeah. He doesn't have the same speed that he used to. Kevin Durant, because that elite length can kind of cover and make up for that. Well, and then looking at this, I think the biggest question for me, and at least the biggest problem I see is on offense, because then you have three 
ball dominated guys, or at least three guys that are used to having the ball in his mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. You look at Paul George. This is the guy at Indiana. He was going to be carrying that offense. He was going to be able to lead that offense. Yes, he's able to come off screens. Yes, he's be able. You know, but you look at Paul George. He's that guy that's going to be running that offense. He's going to be that guy that's going to be able to have the ball in his hands. Whether you're late into the clock, where again we obviously know he's terrible. Uh, John Schumann uh, back in 2016 posted this picture of 65 field goal attempts in the last minute of a fourth quarter or OT uh, with a score within three points over the last five seasons. Paul George shooting 16%. And that was Ooh. that was at the start of mm-hmm. uh, this season. So obviously that wasn't anything impressive. And the next guy above him was DeMar DeRozan at 32. So, I mean, that's a big gap yeah. there. So um, at least with Paul George, I mean, you might not want to have him take the last shot and having the ball mm-hmm. in his hands there. Um, and, and the one thing, too, is you have two ball-dominated guys, two guys that led you know the league in assists last year, Chris Paul and James Harden. So I think you, those guys will be uh, in there. But would Paul George at least be limited on offense? No. Question. And the thing that I look at is the thing we talked about last segment about the CP3, uh, James Harden, who's going to have the ball because they're both ball-dominant. Mm-hmm. I think that that won't come into effect with Paul George because, yes, he's ball-dominant now because— Look at the Pacers. Who do you want to bring up the ball? Do you want anyone else? Do you want C.J. Miles bring up the ball? No. Well, I mean, Lance Stevenson, point guard yeah, of the future. I mean, no, Jeff, you Jeff want Teague Paul was still, George. Jeff Teague was bringing the ball. Yeah, yeah. but you want like he. I'm saying. I think it'd be an easy. It would be an easier yeah. transition for him to move over to that. Hey, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play defense on one side, and on the other side, I'm going to give you shooting to where I'm going to be here. No matter which one of you two drive in, I'm gonna be here. You get it to me, I'll shoot it. Yeah, I mean he did have a huge usage. I mean you look at the, I mean twenty eight, uh, twenty eight point nine usage uh, in fifteen sixteen, and then last year uh, sitting around twenty seven point two. So I mean he was still having a huge usage on the Pacers. So Dave, looking at this, I mean would you would you be comfortable? Because I mean honestly, I think at least offensively, Paul George is gonna get into that land of he's gonna be the Kevin Love of the team, mm-hmm. where he's gonna be the guy that's gonna be sitting on the outside, and he's an elite shooter i mean he's going to shoot around 40 percent from three um he's he's shooter he shot around at least eight you know nine threes a game in the past two years so i mean he's he's had a high usage at least for right. three but do you want to limit a guy like paul george to just a spot-up shooter or a deadly shooter and i mean what, God, what, what's, no. the, what's the what's that's the thing what's like, the way you're going to work him into the off the offense I, I feel like that's a concern because you have to play the game to keep him interested keep him happy and that's that's kind of like the downfall that's what the Warriors have that no other team has is guys want to play there because everybody gets involved, everybody gets their touches, and everybody makes sacrifices. You watch Draymond's usage this year compared mm-hmm. to last year. Last year he was counted on much more offensively. He was one of the key guys on that offense to keep things rolling. This year he took a backseat to Kevin Durant and everybody else and made sure that they got their touches, and he took over defensively. And that's when we're watching two people potentially being added in one offseason with Chris Paul, and if this Paul George deal does go through, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's you're, you're shaking the core of a team out in, in the Rockets, and you're trying to see what's well, going to happen when when everything lands. I, I think the best chance that this works out is that he doesn't go the route of uh, Kevin Love. He needs to fit more in that team a la Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that would be best-case scenario. Probably not going to happen, but that's still the model you have to build around. And something, too, with Kevin Durant, he chose to go to the Warriors, where, right. where Paul George isn't really well, choosing to go to the Rockets. It's not like the Pacers are going to you know, kind of you know accommodate him and be like, oh, you want to go to the Rockets? And yeah, that's, sure. Exactly. And that's why I was going to throw this out, is because that's the main difference. This It's not like this Rocket team, yeah, we infuse Paul George, Everything's going to work. What are they going to have to give up to get him? Well, what I think pieces are they going to move? Do some of these players that are on the roster now that we're talking about, would they not be there because they'd have to give them up to get Paul George? Um, I, I think what I've seen, at least floating around, and I don't know if any of them are legit sources mm-hmm. or anything. I know Eric Gordon was probably the main focus of yep. that deal. And then future picks because uh, they just got rid of the 2018 um, top three protected and that Clippers won. Um, so obviously they can't give up that, but I think future picks because I mean you look at that that bench and what they uh, what they have. the only guy with value. I mean, yeah, I mean really you look at you look at the guys that they still have on that roster. There's probably three guys that are locked in that are for sure staying at least. If Paul George is traded, I think it's Capella, uh, Harden, and Paul because I don't think they're going to move Capella. I don't mm-hmm. really think the Pacers want Capella because they got Turner. Um, so looking at that, I think I think ultimately Eric Gordon is probably going to move, which I don't think is a killer. 
because you still have your mid-level exception. You still have Paul George. You still have the ability to bring in guys that fit your system. So I, I don't think it's going to be a lot of creative and really smart test of their uh, free agency and, might, and their yeah. scouting, to and, be honest. And, and Pacers might pull a old Danny Ainge and be like, hey, give me, you know, give me your picks when Chris Paul's going to be 37 <laughs> and, and, and no protection on him. You know, mm-hmm. give me your 20, what would that be, plus five, 2022 first-round draft picks unprotected, 2022, 2023, and 2024 unprotected. Um, that might be what the, the price might be to get Paul George. I'm not entirely sure because he also drove down his value, again, by saying, I'm leaving <laughs> yeah. this year yeah. and I'm going to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was something where he drove down his value. So, I, I mean, it's something well, that's that's interesting to see that, you know, he kind of put it out there that he's going to be a rental, and, at least, you know, obviously the, the Rockets change, change his mind. His mind. Yeah. And yeah. I want to ask, this is another question because you brought in, that um, Laker convert, like the Laker side of it, they're like the Rockets aren't the only team. The Celtics are trying to get PG uh, thirteen. Danny is just sitting on a ton of draft picks. There's technically yeah. there's Once something out there where that. if Gordon Hayward signs, they have a hypothetical deal Correct. to get Paul George and him signing a three year extension. There's that. You have the Lakers. I know Magic Johnson is trying to do something, come up with something. To get Paul George now and not wait because he could go to a Rockets. Huh, I'm doing pretty good here. I'm going to sign a mm. little bit long term and then you lose them. Yeah, I mean, the question for the the Lakers is did they miss their window? Well, I mean, they didn't take the Rance Nando. Ah. Nance Randall 27 28. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious. Well, I don't know if they've got the ammo anymore. The thing yeah. that I was going to ask is do the Rockets eventually, with all this competition, go, you know what? We'd have to give up too much for Paul George. We're going to pull out. I don't know. Do they pull do out? Feel, of a, do they pull out of a deal because they feel like we'd have to give too much? The for Rockets. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, yeah. again, do you think the Pacers I, would ask too much? Well, the only thing that, that I other think, teams could accommodate. It I more. only think the the reason they walk away from a deal is if they're giving away too much of their core, where they're giving away a guy like Clint Capella that's going to give them no down low help, and Clint Capella is still young. I like honestly, I think mm-hmm. if, if they say. You know, we we want someone in that Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella range. They're going to say no. But if they're like, hey, we're, we want Ryan Anderson, and Eric Gordon, they'll be like, fuck yeah. Like I don't think I don't that think clears there's... up too. That clears up a lot of cap space too because yeah. those are your are your those third and fourth most signed. valuable contracts. Yeah. So I, I think it's something where. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's something that's going to be too much of a value. I think it's something that as long as, you know, as long as it's it, 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 it's something where mm-hmm. how, how are the Pacers valuing them? I think that's all it is, because yeah. are the Pacers getting enough? I think it's more on the Pacers value side than it is on the Rockets, because the Rockets obviously are moving towards. now you have a 32 year old well, point guard now with Chris Paul. Correct. James Harden's getting older. Paul George is going to be on one year deal. So it's really as long as we get Paul George, it doesn't. Matter. And that's why I flip that side to the Rockets, because, yes, it's the Pacers that drive it that they want to get the most out and where they value mm-hmm. Paul George. It's just a do the Rockets have enough ammo to compete with a Lakers, a Celtics, which to me still looks like the front runner. They've got the most ammo, Paul but they George. never pull the trigger. We, yeah. We've heard Danny Ainge stories till till the you know cows come home. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if he never pulls the trigger. So I think the Rockets are in win now mode and they're going all in on this, and I love it. Uh, because I can actually respect the strategy. Fine, go for it. I think they're going to throw out everything they had. I think Gordon, Anderson, and Futures are, the, are absolutely amazing value for Paul George. I think they can get any that sort too. of... Because then, again, like you talked about, you're getting rid of cap room. Yeah, and they can go out and spend some money in free agency and find more fits for this team, and they have a decent core. And you can do like, one-year deals. You can do yep. one-year deals, because then once those one-year deals come up, Let's then say you Trevor can go Reyes out... is on a like, one-year right now as well. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, yeah, like, but but you can and go out Clint and get Capella last year before RFA. So you can, like, you can go. You're on short contracts already. Yeah, and you of can go guys. out and get, um, you know, guys who want to play for one year. and You can give them a ton of money, and then you know they're just gone after next year. And then Paul George signs and, and CP3 signs, and that's if you're winning. So you get Carmelo Anthony. You get Carmelo Anthony. I just think I think the biggest thing. Um, that I think would affect the Rockets and, and their fit with Paul George is, again, the chemistry and what would be everybody's role and the fact that Paul George technically isn't buying into it. He can buy into it, but yeah. you know, he's, he's not willing to go. Be? So the thing that I want to look at is you know people are talking about the, the fact that if, if CP3 and Harden can get along, the fact that CP3 was like, hey, I want to go to Houston, sign me, and then or, I'll, I'll opt in and then trade yeah. me, um, that's something where... 
you know, obviously they're you know pairing up, they're going out, extending to each other, and 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 meeting up. I think they are also buddies and hung out in LA before. So it's something where Paul George, how does he fit in? They've obviously played uh, together with the Olympic team. Uh, yep. They've had they have a little conversation there. So ultimately, if Paul George becomes a Rocket, will it work? I think it will. I think honestly, this is a dynamic team um but they have every tool it takes to compete at the highest level against the warriors in my mind i think bench depth doesn't matter in the playoffs no to be completely honest as long as you have seven players yeah i think six or seven and and that last guy can be iffy even it's passable they if they make the move and they move where hypothetical anderson gordon cat and cash or I'm sorry, Anderson Gordon picks. picks. Yep. They have the cash to spend for agency to fill out this roster to a, you know, a decent enough level. I, I think they go, and I think they're probably again going to be like a 55 win team and potentially be right in there against the Warriors, probably in like the second or third round. Because honestly, those three guys on a team make me completely step over San Antonio, and that sounds disrespectful to Kawhi right now. There's just Kawhi. But it's only him at this point. And, and, and I think mm-hmm. everybody else has aged out. I mean, Tony Parker looked amazing until he was hurt. And we don't and know what's going to happen to Simmons and Patty Mills. Yeah. And both LaMarcus. And I mean, LaMarcus doesn't want to be there. Yep. He doesn't want to be there. So, so I mean, there's too many questions there as well. So I think, honestly, it, it's looking like a Western Conference potential showdown between the super team and the new super team. And it's like, I'm kind of hyped to see it. Yeah. Honestly. I, it's one of those, like, I look at it and go, yeah, Paul George, that kind of levelness I was going between the Spurs and the Rockets, Paul George just boosts them mm-hmm. over the Spurs. But I still, my big thing when we talk Warriors-Rockets, if we put Paul George on this team, because you'd be giving up an Eric Gordon, because you'd be giving up Brian Anderson, mm. my big thing is, yeah, you've tried to find answers for Steph, Clay, and Durant, but you still got Draymond well, there. Well, they weren't really finding an answer to Clay. I think I still take Harden over Clay, mm-hmm. and don't go back to last year's rankings. Well, I get it. Yep. We put Clay over Harden. My bad. I'm just saying. I told you guys, Draymond is still there, and I don't. Think no, that I agree. The Rockets would have anybody but, to kind of fit like. But out of those, out of Draymond. those, out of those four, mm-hmm. if I'm like anyone could beat me on offense, I'm picking Draymond Green to beat me on offense. I'm not going to go after the two-time MVP in Steph Curry, the toaster but, in Clay. But Draymond's going to go off for 39 and a quarter but, and then Kevin Durant, who's one of the, the if not the best scorer in the but NBA. But Draymond actually, as he's kind of matured with no, the player, he's, a good scorer. he's now become the, no. fuck it, I, you're going to leave me wide open? I'm no, but, but I'm still saying I would rather have Take your Draymond shoot wide open threes mm-hmm. than Steph Curry, the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history, <laughs> to shoot wide open threes. Or Clay Thompson, it the don't toaster. Matter. Steph Curry will just back the, up until he's open, yeah, and then he'll or, make or it. Or Clay Thompson, the second best three-point, or third best, or top five best three-point I mean, shooter of all time. Let's be or honest, Kevin Steph, Durant, Curry's, one of the best scorers Steph Curry's open as soon as he walks into the gym. Exactly. So, I mean, it's something where I, out of those four, I'm fine if Draymond mm-hmm. Green is the one beating me because I don't want the other guys beating me because we know what they can do. If we're shutting those guys down, then great, we're doing something well. Um, so, um, ultimately, I think it's, I think it's, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that's why this time's so much fun. I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think Paul George is moving. You know what's hilarious, though? What's that? If the Rockets get Paul George, what does that mean for Russell Westbrook's future? Like, where, where is he going? Because I know there's like, Kind of uh, well, inklings of if he doesn't sign the contract Blake. extension, he could move. But Say. does this kind of affect other teams like in that West, like teams we haven't talked about? The Thunder's the one I look at. I I, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think how it affects um, other teams in the, in the West. I think it's really then you're putting a microscope on the Spurs mm-hmm. because Clippers yep. are obviously falling down because yep. Blake's not coming move. back. Chris Paul's not coming back. JJ's not coming back. They, they look DJ. like they're going to be. They look like they're going to get DeAndre Jordan away. So um, they're falling down. Um, Utah, if they lose Gordon Hayward, they're most likely going to take a fall just because they're lo- losing probably their best scorer. Yeah. Rudy's still there, obviously, but still that team's going to take a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, ultimately, it's going to make it uh, put a microscope on the Spurs. And can you keep it as a three-team, you know, kind of race there? So mm-hmm. I think that's probably the the the, the where we're going to leave it there because I think it's it's interesting. Ultimately, I don't think Paul George gets moved. I think I think the Pacers are going to hold on to because they're not going to get enough value. I, I mean, do you guys agree? Disagree until on the that? trade deadline. Until the trade deadline. Yeah, he's going he's going to get moved for something. Do you think he goes to the Rockets? At the trade I, deadline. I think he goes during this free agency period. You think so? Uh, I think he goes before the start of the season. Where's yeah. he going? I'm I'm still leaning towards 
you know, I want to lean Rockets at this point because they actually have momentum and they look like they're trying to get shit done. Danny Ainge has the, it, he's the one man who can decide this. That, <laughs> if he wants to throw the money on the table, he can do it and just be done with it. It's it's in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like it should be the Celtics. It should be obvious and done. Well, it, throw out two. If it happens in free agency, it's the Celtics. The only way it's happening this offseason is if Hayward goes to Boston. You mean during the trade deadline, it's the Boston? It's no, Boston. like this offseason, it's Boston. Because if Gordon okay. Hayward says, I'm going to Boston, that's the only way Paul George gets moved this offseason. Okay. At the trade deadline? Okay. You said, said offseason free yeah, agency. So I, I kind of want to say it. anything goes. Because what's kinda, his value for well, the last kinda, 30 games of the year? I kind of want to say, and that's why I want to throw out the Cavs if it's the trade deadline, because the Cavs might be like, fuck it, let's just get a deal. Let's try to get something done to get him here so that we can compete because we're going to win the East. The only, reason why, the only reason why I don't think Boston is going to do it, it's it's from a tweet uh, from Newbeck on Twitter. It says, Daryl Morey out here executing another trade for a superstar while Danny Ainge is busy sending reporters texts about what he might do. Uh, Danny Ainge has not proven that he, he can man up and make a trade, and he's still got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. He's got these assets out of the ass. He's got six wings. And hasn't moved any of them. So I, I ultimately don't <laughs> think the, the Celtics are going to make a move for Paul George um, unless they do sign to Gordon Hayward, which mm-hmm. I don't know is going to happen. Obviously, they have a meeting on uh, Saturday, Gordon Hayward and the Celtics, but let's not get in Gordon Hayward right now. We'll probably talk to him, uh, talk about him on Saturday. We're going to talk to him. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be awesome. Big fan of the show. But anyways, let's move on to our favorite team, the New York Knicks. And finally, Phil J. I think I, th- I think James Dolan watches this. I, I, we put out the we put out the the the, the video about K, KP's long term yep. future, and then what? Like maybe twenty four hours later, Phil Jackson's fired. I said it was going to happen. It's I said instant. it was going to happen. Yeah. So Phil Jackson is now fired. He's now out it in New York. Um, kind of really stemmed from uh, Mello's camp saying that they wanted to you know start a buyout process, mm-hmm. and uh, Dolan's like, nope, 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 nope. Phil, you're gone. So that's <laughs> happened. Now Phil Jackson's fired. So the question is, what's next for the New York Knicks? Not only uh, bringing in the replacement for Phil Jackson, um, but also the future of the Knicks, and then also probably the future of KP and, and Carmelo. So there's a lot to digest here. Um, obviously, we just talked about KP. So looking at this, at least who's going to fill or who should fill the next role for the uh, Phil Jackson and for the Knicks, because obviously there's uh, Mazzieri out there from uh, Toronto, David Griffin, who's just got fired from the Cavs. Is there anyone that's kind of a perfect fit or just a fit in general that the Knicks should be looking at? I'm going to go Griffin, and there's only one reason why. He's got a ring. That's the big reason. I know you can put it on LeBron James, but I just I look at what the Cavs had done, and I look at what he has done for that, and I know that it's um, Yuri is like, like you said, Dave, when we were driving here, is like, he screwed him over too many times. Let's get him on the team. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Notoriously but behind the uh, Carmelo trade off the Nuggets I, and the uh, Bargnani trade. Mm-hmm. I just look at the two rosters and I go, one is constantly, one has been in the finals the last three years. The other one has, yes, they're a good playoff team, but they haven't been able to take that next step. I know that there's a big roadblock, though, when you're dealing with LeBron James. Having LeBron yeah. James is like Which cheating when the you Knicks say you're getting to the have. finals in the East. It's like, is it is it a year in the 2000s? Yep, LeBron James in the finals. <laughs> I mean, what was like, the last year he wasn't in the Eastern Conference Finals? Was it like 2009, 2006? Somewhere 2006, back. I think. Uh, yeah, it was somewhere I mean, it's been way like back. I'm going to 2008, maybe. 2008? I don't know. I, I just I think it's been forever since yeah. he wasn't in there. I mean, because obviously Boston had their run. Um, Magic had their run, too. But maybe it was a Boston Magic uh, final series. But um, looking at all of this, I mean, I think the next move for them is probably... I, I don't think it's either Griffin or Yuri. I don't know where it's going to come from, but knowing yeah, it's the next... mystery box? It could be Isaiah Thomas. I mean, look, Ooh, for, for fuck's sake. I mean, they, could it be Chauncey? I don't think Chauncey wants that. I don't think Chauncey wants to leave. If, Yuri, he, if he wasn't taking the easy job in the Cavs... Well, I don't That's think, not an easy job. No, I you think say, you think rebuilding the Knicks is an well, easier job well, than here, the Cavs. The question Empty I was going to ask is which one would you rather have if you're Chauncey, the Cavs or the Knicks? Cavs. I'll, take, I'll take the Knicks. Cavs. If if LeBron, less pressure. No, because if LeBron, LeBron walks, leaves. Kyrie walks. What do you do and then? then? You're stuck with nothing. Okay, then yeah. you're rebuilding in Cleveland, where it's not that big of a market with LeBron gone. And nobody wants to go to Cleveland after LeBron James. Okay, so now you're going to have to rebuild New York, instead, rebuild rebuild all of the shit they've done. Instead, you've got New York with 90s. Porzingis and Frank. 
And Hernan Gomez, not and the same level, obviously, but still a and, quality contributor. And you also still have James Dolan, the stench of Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> Phil Jackson, Stephon Marbury, Allen Houston, Latrell Sprewell, Derek Fisher. You have the I mean, stench of all those players. Yeah, so by comparison, you're not going to look that bad, you know. As, but, as a, but, but you're already having you're having a terrible tra- track record. James Dolan right. is one of the worst owners in the NBA. You have pieces there. In with the Cavs, you have guys who are going to walk away willingly but, and have been outspoken about but, it. But will LeBron James do a thing with uh, that CP3 did and opt in and then get traded? I mean, he could possibly do that. They could possibly I do that to help. That. That's Please. not the LeBron but, thing. But, but <laughs> that's not true. He when he left Cleveland the first time, there was picks moved to Cleveland. You don't remember that? I don't, there was think a sign trade. I don't think he does that this time. There was a sign and trade. I think he would do it again. I think he, he did it once before. I think he would do it again if he left Cleveland. It's, he doesn't have a reason not to. He's going to opt in for $33 million um, or whatever I, he has. And the only thing I'm going to say, I'm going to get back to the Knicks, yeah. but the th- reason why I say he wouldn't do that is Gilbert's gone. He hates Griffin. Why would he help Daniel Griffin, the guy that he hated with the whole letter situation? Because of Cleveland. And, yeah, I don't think Cleveland's I think he hates that. Griffin more than but he loves Cleveland. I think LeBron but, loves his hometown, and I think he loves Cleveland but more the than Knicks, he would. But the, the job, though, and that's the thing, and what this is stemming from to me, the Knicks to me is a great job for the right person because, like you guys said, yeah, nobody. If LeBron leaves and Kyrie leaves, nobody's going to want to go to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like Cleveland has been, and I'm sorry if you are in Cleveland, but when it came to sports. You guys didn't win anything. Like it was. That's where careers have gone to die. That's where the, all the sadnesses has been in sports. The Knicks. It's been like New York, and you get to bring New York out of the darkness and back town. up to the top. Like this is a team that prides themselves on their be- like the only two teams in my lifetime that I've had like I've seen so much pride from the city is the New York Yankees. And the New York Knicks. Like, those are the top two. And with the Knicks, like, you get to be the guy to bring them back. And if they get the right basketball mind in there, they could be back at the top, especially in a weak East, especially if the Cavs get weak by losing both those players. See, the thing is, is that I don't disagree that the Knicks Mm -hmm. are the easiest sell in the world. But the reason is, and and we talked about this with James Dolan. Everyone has failed there since James Dolan. Everyone has failed there. And then also what we just said with Phil being there was that it was the least likely or mm-hmm. least wanted well, place well, to go to. That was with Phil there. I know, but Dolan. what I'm saying is it, it, Dolan's still there. I Everything's know. still there. It's mm-hmm. not like this team's going to be turned around no. with Phil Jackson coming in because this plane was a fucking train wreck but the one with James Dolan did, running it. The one thing that Phil. did show was James Dolan has complete faith and disinterest in the team. So what he's willing to do is once you're the head of basketball operations— you do your thing, but do you it's trust you. James Dolan to hire anyone? Like, uh, think about this. Think about his past hires. Phil Jackson was that not the best option available at the time? Was there anyone who said this is a, a terrible move? Had to toss a ton of money at him, and, and it obviously. But but he but, just got the brand. But, but he just he got not the brand. The right person. But he just got the brand name. Did did he not pick the right person? In hindsight, no. Before that, did did uh, just going back in time? It was like honestly, he picked Isaiah. popular people. Yeah, he's just picked the brand name. Isaiah That's was actually really good with drafting too. Like he wasn't a terrible, he wasn't terrible when it came to personnel. I don't remember any of his his draft trades picks. were terrible. Who was the draft picks? I'm trying to go back in my head right now. No one. Name the last superstar. I want to say have not built. superstar, but I think that was star. He, all right, wasn't he responsible for Landry Fields? Ew. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember any Nick player that wasn't signed or traded to the Knicks. Fair enough. Because they don't build. I, th- I think that they was pretty much everybody who was traded to the Nuggets. Wilson Chandler, Janilla Gallinari, et cetera, et cetera. They yeah. could have been the scouts underneath them. Yeah. I don't think it was Isaiah. Isaiah, again, I, I don't. Uh, the whole thing with the Knicks is I don't trust James Dolan to hire. I Again, James Dolan's going to hire people and just leave it. He's going to want them to print money. He's going to want them to go to playoffs. That's why Sam Hinkie's not going to get hired. Well, um, no, Sam Hinkie, this is not a good fit for him anyway. No, I, I think uh, he's not a guy that's going to be trying to build and bring in um, you know, free ages or anything. He's going to be a guy that's going to want to build from the ground up and, and get rid of every single asset. Um, there's some names out there. You mentioned uh, Chauncey Billups. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Dumars apparently is, is interested. Um, he was... Uh, 
He's he been was passed team over president a couple times. Yeah, he was team president for the Pistons for 14 years. Uh, and uh, in 20, 2004, he was he was ahead of that. Uh, Allen Houston right now is former shooting guard. Obviously, I just mentioned him. Yep. Uh, climbing up uh, the franchise as assistant general manager and GM of the Worcester Knicks. Uh, obviously, the home of Jimmer Fredette for a while oh, in the D League. Yes, uh, yes. Jeff Van Gundy is interesting. We'll see what I mean. Jeff Van Gundy could be an interesting one. I mean, Van Jeff Gundy would be interesting. Yeah, that would be, that would be a there. Ho- that'd be a hometown thing too. And that's yeah, because obviously that the former coach, the Knicks. Like that's what fans are used to, and that's a name that I think the, I think fans the players could get would respect behind. as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Van Gundy would be interesting. I, I think Griff wouldn't be a bad signer. I I think that's because from the outside, he's a very likable guy. He seems to make the right connections with people, and he seems to go all out for every move that they want to make. He tried to make it happen for them. Mm-hmm. LeBron wanted this, he got that. LeBron wanted this, he got that too. And just anything you can do, he showed that he's going all in for your team to win. So right Mm -hmm. now, this is a team that's not in a win-right-now moment, but they're at a crisis because they need to make a decision about their biggest contract in Carmelo Anthony. And then, all right, if he stays, how do we continue to build around? He, Porzingis, Frank, and and if he goes, how do we go without him? Do we get value? Do we cut him? What's the best way to move along without him? And that's the thing I look at, where obviously Porzingis is... He's the future, and I kind of I really hated hearing last week when you had before the draft. Um, Phil Jackson is like, well, you know, we're gonna do whatever's best for this team, even if it means trading Kristoff Porzingis. Yeah, we talked wanted, about that. I just wanted to slap him in the face and be like, no, you're stupid. You build around this guy because there's something special about him. That's why you drafted him when no one even knew that he was going to go this high, and they booed you for it. And then we're like, well, we were wrong. Phil was right. The thing with this team that I think that I just can't understand is going back to the point of do you trust Dolan to not just hire a guy but stay out of the business? And I know right now it's kind of maybe because the Phil thing was getting sloppy, and that's why it came into it. Mm-hmm. When I hear the they had two different sides, Dolan wanted, we want to trade Carmelo, and Phil Jackson, no, we got to do a buyout with Carmelo Anthony. And that was really one of the things that kind of said, you know what, then you're gone, get out of here because we're trading them. I, just, I sit there and go, I wonder if Dolan can hire the next guy and say, it's yours. Well, like, I'm going to let you do what you do, and I'm going to get out of the business. I kind of feel like Dolan is going to want to keep his little hands on it. I want to say little grubby hands on it and kind of have a little bit of control over it, even if it's not like complete control like a Doc well, Rivers. And, but also the thing with Dolan and the thing that I, I you, you see that his ineptitude come through mm-hmm. with even this firing. They could have fired Phil Jackson and a while not ago. pay him any. No, and not pay him anything. Like mm-hmm. recently, they waited too long, yeah. fired him, and then Phil got an option. And I think yep. what he, he twenty four million. I want twenty four million. Mm-hmm. So they he James Dolan just paid twenty four million to Phil Jackson when he could have fired him earlier mm-hmm. and not paid him twenty four million. So I mean, this is something where you still see his right or use that some of that money to buy out Carmelo rather than saying, hey, could you please uh, waive that trade? Oh, clause but it's, so we can I don't trade even think it's something. It's the money. It's just the fact that I don't think James Dolan fucking cares about money. This guy. He's got so much money. I mean, he's mm-hmm. helping running Viacom or something like that. Um, but James Dolan, it's something where you look at him and it's just something, it's just, you waited too long. It's something mm-hmm. where, you know, franchises that are running well are going to, you know, save any money as possible mm-hmm. just because it saves face. I mean, I, I mean, most of these guys can waste $24 million. It doesn't matter because yeah. you're, you're the owner of the New York Knicks, New York Rangers, etc. You have all this money to blow. And he's been able to just let the New York Rangers run. The New York Rangers have been a, a successful franchise. Exactly. But you never hear him jumping in and you know kicking people out and you know just making bad hires. He made one good hire with the Rangers and he's been able to run it. It's just something where I don't see him making being able to make that hire. I don't think he's going to go with Mazzy. I don't think he's going to go with uh, Griffin. I think you know you look at an Allen Houston, a Chauncey Billups. I think he's going to throw in someone who's inexperienced and not ready for this job and not ready for New York. I mean, obviously Allen Houston's been there before. I think the smartest hire that he could go for is Jeff Van Gunny. I don't know how those two are going to get along because I, obviously yeah. I think they would they don't want to fight. Yeah, don't fired him before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why that's why I'm like I don't know if time is going to heal that wound after seeing the whole drama this year with with Dolan and um, Oakley. 
Oakley. I mean, that's just ugly. I mean, it was 15 years ago since Jeff Van Gundy was fired in 2002. Yeah. So um, he, but, he hasn't spoken out negative, super negatively about it. No, he's also been like when you're he's on ESPN, yeah. you can't be bashing Dolan like yeah. that. And, and Jeff Van Gundy, I mean, he also had, but also he could he could have gone like off ESPN and like been interviewed and then, and then could have said something but about that. Jeff Van Gundy's not that kind of guy. He's no, a stand up guy. I think mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gundy, you can kind of see the itch to get back into sports. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's jumping in on the Olympic team. Helping mm-hmm. coach that. Um, obviously, he's stuck around in broadcasting. I think that not only it, it, I think it's kind of similar to the Steve Kerr hire because now, obviously different roles. Obviously, I mean, but Steve Kerr, I mean, he also helped out in the Phoenix Suns organization before going to TNT and then before going Has to the Warriors. Front office mind on. The I court. still think that Jeff Van Gundy could thrive not only because he's thrived before in New York, but just because he still has his pulse on the mm-hmm. basketball. Um, the, the basketball uh, kind of beat, but he also has the experience of being in a front office, being around a front office where Chauncey Bills really hasn't had the experience. Right. Allen Houston has had it at a D League level, but can he be thrown into the waters into New York right away? Um, David Griffin has obviously been there um, in, in Cleveland, has won a ring, it's but been he was being, the fire. but mm-hmm. he's been, he was led by LeBron James. Yep. Um, and LeBron was giving him wish list, and it's like, all right, check, check, check. I mean, it's easy yeah. to go through there. And Mazzy, he's been able to do a fantastic job in Toronto. But he hasn't been able to get the ring. But he hasn't been able to have LeBron and James. And he's been able to fleece a huge the, superstar. the Knicks every single yeah. time. Yeah, uh, I've got two notes, and I totally mm-hmm. agree. These are, these are halfway out of here. But the one thing is you brought up Steve Kerr, and think back to the fact that Dolan did not want to pay that extra $1 million to get Steve Kerr signed with the Knicks as their coach. Instead, they ended up with Derek Fisher. Remember, the argument was over, I think it was literally like a $1 million a one-year kind of a thing. So financials can get you completely screwed over. You're so. welcome, Golden State. So, yeah, you're welcome, Golden State. <laughs> Phil Jackson might be in a different place right now uh-huh. if uh, if that had gone through. And to his credit, Isaiah Thomas did sign Wilson Chandler, David Lee. Um, well, that's Sign or... I'm sorry. No, um, draft. that's drafted. The, that's the thing I brought Chain up. Fry the four drafts. And Trevorisa. The four drafts um, picks that he had with Isaiah Thomas was Balk, Ronaldo Balkman, uh, Marty Collins, up, doesn't matter. Wilson Chandler, and then Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. But the thing is, the first two, okay. gone after Just Isaiah. Just trying to prove a point. Gone after Isaiah Thomas. They only lived his shelf life of 06 to 08. Chandler was their pass. Gallinari didn't even come over until... Until Isaiah Thomas was gone. Yeah, I mean, it, Gallinari played I think like one or two seasons with the mm-hmm. Knicks, and then but was traded. To, not the to worst the track record. So I mean, at that point, I, I just want to give him the credit that he has gone for the obvious option in many cases in the past, and it hasn't worked out for him for one reason or another. Ever, ever, it's never worked out for him. And yes, he drafted Danilo Gallinari, he drafted Wilson Chandler, but people get lucky sometimes. You look at the track record of Isaiah Thomas, it was a fucking mess. You look at Phil Jackson. Oh, he, he made trades you, like like a kid with some friends. Like, I don't know how he was like, like this team to that team to this team. Like, you look at Phil, what are you doing? You look at Phil Jackson. Carol! You look at Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson looked like a... You look like Phil Jackson, and you look like a genius drafting Chris Stops. Yeah. That was a failure. He's What? Did you just say Porzingis is a no, failure? No, Phil Jackson was a failure. Oh. Jesus. Thank Sorry. I'm saying Isaiah was a failure. Phil was a failure. Yeah. Everyone who's been These there since Dolan. get lucky before. Yep. I mean, I it's see. something where I don't see. I don't even remember the guy before uh, Isaiah Thomas because I don't think I was mm-hmm. watching basketball. <laughs> I just like the thing with Phil. I think that, of course, the Steve Kerr thing, if you give him the money, it would have been a lot different. I just I kind of have a feeling that. If the melodrama, mm-hmm. melodrama uh, wasn't as high as it was this entire season, this might be a little different because that is literally, to me, the piece that drove this to where it is right now is one wanted to buy out, one wanted to trade. I, Phil said at this point, like he was on the mindset of, you know what, let's just get him out of town. We don't have to deal with them. And James Dolan in his head thought, we got to get something well, for him. I don't think Phil wanted the buyout. It was Melo's camp wanted the mm-hmm. buyout. Um, and, but and then, he was the one that was entertaining the buyout, and that's where Dolan came in and said, no, we need a trade, and then boom, this happened. Well, and I also think it, it, it goes to, I think if Phil never tweets about that thing about Melo and this, we're not in this situation, even if he was dangling yeah, Chris I mean, Dobson, his trades. His public media perception and just awareness horrid. is terrible. I think that's 
Uh, in that area, I think that you know Phil shot himself in the foot many times. Anytime he's spoken, oh, public. he didn't do himself any favors. So, I'm not trying to say that. No, I, I think moving forward, I think they've got to decide how they move forward. With Melo decides their new direction of basketball and who's going to fill that role. I think if you're going for push for what you've got, you go with Griff. I think if you're going for a rebuild, you go with Masai. So it's one of the two in my mind. I, I see your wild card because it's Dolan. Like, yeah. well, all of them have credence, but I, I'm leaning towards the middle. What, I, what was that? I was going to say, can I ask one question? Yeah. Sure. What does this mean for the future of Jeff Hornacek? I don't think does it matters right year. Does he get to play yeah. it out with a new president yeah. or GM? Or is it like, you know what? I'm new. Well, you're gone. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's going to get at least a year. Because Jeff Hornacek isn't a terrible coach. I mean, he's still, no, he's still got was. Got, no, no, I know. I'm saying what I'm saying is, I think, I think whoever Phoenix. brings him in is going to re- realize that he didn't. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad coach. I think he's at least going to get a perfect year, like Dave said. Um, rapid fire, because um, well, we'll just throw these out there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick a name that's going to be the basketball of operations, a president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks, it's going to be Griffin, Yuri. I'll go Jeff Van Gundy because I want that. Oh. I want Jeff Van Gundy. I want it. I just don't think it'll happen. Uh, Carmelo Anthony will be traded this offseason. Uh, no, he walks. No, they, this this offseason. No, right now. No. No. No, I'm saying he won't get traded at all. He walks, I get nothing. Uh, well, that ruins my next question. He will stay. He'll stay until his contract's up. Um, and then uh, I'll say he's traded at the trade deadline. Um, <laughs> with Hornacek, will he get fired after this year? I want to say no, but I kind of want to feel yeah. Will Jeff Van Gundy, or, or, sorry, will Jeff Hornacek <laughs> be the coach in 2018-2019? Hornacek will be there, yes. Yeah, yeah I agree there. Kristaps Porzingis, will I'll, he be a Nick in seven years? Yes, and I also want to throw out a seven. good tweet about Well, because Chris, he's still an RFA. I I'm, know. I'm going to say yes, and also, best tweet of the day from Polly Paps. He said, Kristaps should attend Phil's exit interview. That's oh, one of my favorite mean. tweets of the day. That's uh, some shit right there. Dave, Kristaps, will he be uh, Nick in seven years? No. No, the, the, this organization is just going to fuck it up. <laughs> I think so. I think this new organization is going to fuck it up. Like he time. should be? Absolutely. You should not let him go. I honestly feel Hang like, on to him forever. Do it. Fuck it. I honestly think they're going to somehow bring Phil Jackson back, and then they're going to do the Nerlens trade. <laughs> where on. no, they're going to do hired the, as the president, but gets hired as the coach next year <laughs> oh, for even more money. <laughs> and then and then they're going to do the Chris Stops trade, where it's like one uh, Dallas gives them a first rounder, but if it's like not in the top fifteen, then it becomes two seconds. That's what they're going to get <laughs> for right. Chris Stops. Because this team is just a fuck up. Welcome to 2K. Anyways, uh, tell us what you think of the New York Knicks in the comments down below. I don't feel I feel like we're getting a lot of hate on this one, but I don't really care. The Knicks are a joke. Um, also, I'm, I'm really sick of I'm, I'm sick of talking about the Knicks. And I hope we don't talk about them this well, offseason. This is a good us. reason to talk about the Knicks. though. No, it was. I'm just sick of talking about the Knicks. Just, that's it. We've talked about this the Knicks was, so much. This, this was season. a good reason, though, and I'm ha- I'm happy. The for, drama's but, making my hair fall. I'm, out. I'm gonna say this though. What's that? I am happy for Knicks fans on this day. Because I oh, yeah. one day want to feel the same happiness that you have, fire gar packs. I love I love Nick fans, I, and I feel bad for Nick fans. I, I want to feel the that New York same Knicks. happiness one day, fire gar packs. I just hate the New York Knicks. But anyways, tell us what you think in the comments down below about this Phil Jackson firing. What you think about the New York Knicks in general? We gave up the sixteenth. I'm not going to get into it. No, you're not going to get into no. it right now because we're in the podcast. Um, the also thing I wanted to mention, and I didn't mention that I thought it was going to be a funny joke, um, It was, uh, and I totally forgot about it. Um, anyways, let's get <laughs> this podcast. This is the train wreck. It's 1030 uh, for Dave Oster, for Ricky Whitmer. If you're listening on Vlog Talk Radio, thank you so much. I think this is going to be the first podcast that's put out in full, or second podcast that's going to be put mm-hmm. on, on full on YouTube. So if you're watching the full thing on YouTube, thank you so much. If you're watching the segment, don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to check out more Fast Break coming to you and more MVP coming out uh, out to you uh, coming up soon. I'm going to end this because this is terrible. Uh, anyways, have a good day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.